Hey everyone, welcome back to Meet the PAs podcast. On this week's episode, we have Trevor Stone, a fantastic and super passionate PA who has been around since the beginning of Kappa. The audio quality is a little bit off. There's some reverb and some sirens in the background. Uh, we recorded this at Kappa 2018, and that's why the sound quality is a little off. We were doing it over Skype. And on that note, we are now members of Patreon, which is a community where you can support your local uh, creative people. And we are on there hoping to get some money to buy some new equipment so we can make the quality of this podcast better for you guys. So please check it out at patreon.com and just look up Meet the PAs and you'll find us. Thanks so much. Welcome to Meet the PAs podcast. Hear the experiences of seasoned PAs, up and coming development of policy from industry leaders, and the exploration of those new to the career. Interviews done with a Canadian twist at Maple Syrup. Welcome, everybody. On today's episode, we have the president of CAPA, the Canadian Association of Physician Assistants, Trevor Stone, here. Welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you. You're a busy guy. <laughs> so you, let's start at the beginning, kind of backwards. You actually started your medical, medical career many, many years ago as a, as a medic in the military. That's how that started? Correct. Yes, I joined the military uh, back in 84. Just a little background on myself. I was uh, I was a military dependent, so I was a base brat. We're also known as base brats. Uh, so I grew up in the military system, and, and I joined from North Bay, Ontario in 1984. And my first uh, posting was to, uh, you know, basic training in Cornwallis. From there, I did the hospital training, was posted to uh, Moose Jaw, moved on to Calgary, uh, and moved on to do various deployments overseas. I spent uh, my time in uh, Croatia. I did uh, two tours over there, and I spent some time uh, doing some training in uh, Germany. I also uh, did some deployments uh, to the north in uh, in Canada. And in the later part of my career, I uh, in 2001, I uh, graduated from the then PA program in the military and, and then subsequently finished my career in 2006, having gained my experience in uh, submarine and dive medicine, not serving on submarines, uh, but actually uh, working in the fleet dive unit on the West Coast. So I was you know, quite privileged to, to serve in the military for 22 years, and an opportunity came about uh, uh, in 2006 for me to, to work outside the military confines, and I moved uh, my fam- with my family to uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, and uh, I started a uh, the second part of my PA career, uh, working in uh, plastics and reconstructive surgery. That's great. And you're not the only PA there. No. I uh, actually had the opportunity and the privilege throughout my career to work with uh, Russ Ives, uh, and as well as many other uh, mentors and uh, um, senior uh, physician assistants. And uh, Russ was, in 2003, uh, he, he was able to uh, make 
good on, on an opportunity to uh, and took an opportunity to work in Manitoba. It was an opportunity that uh, never existed before, but an opening through uh, legislature uh, or legislation uh, process in the Health Act allowed Canadian trained or Canadian forces trained PAs to to work outside the military and seemed rather intriguing in 2003 when when uh, we said goodbye to us and by uh, 2005 I was certainly intrigued and further opportunity for uh, for PAs to uh, to work in Manitoba became possible and, and so I took that opportunity and it was very uh, very fulfilling and continues to be very fulfilling wow that must have been a big change going from military medicine to plastic surgery uh, it was. It it is a. It's always a learning curve, and I think. But that's part of medicine. I think. Uh, I think for all of us that serve as physician assistants, uh, whether in the military or outside, you know, you know, you can't, you can't put down the uh, the mantle of every day's a learning a learning day, right? So it, you may be out of out of uh, the educational process, but you're still, you know, you're still in step with you know, education every day. Uh, and I, I think to, uh, to lose sight of that or to, is probably not, not good. Mm. Uh, I think, uh, I think when you stop, my personal belief is if you stop learning, uh, then, you know, probably time to, to look at something else to be doing. So, and, uh, you know, medicine is always advancing. And so too must our, uh, must our acumen and our, our skill sets. So. It's actually not that easy to switch specialties and areas of medicine that you're working and I think a lot of people out there whether they're transitioning from military to civilian uh, or soon to be civilian switching to military or even switching with just in the civilian sector there's a time that it takes to feel feel comfortable right how about how long do you think it felt for you before you were comfortable in the plastic setting after being in in the military medicine for 20 plus years? Well, that's kind of, uh, it's a hard question to answer because I think, you know, to a degree, I remain trepidatious about uh, a lot of the things that exist in, in the plastic or reconstructive realm. I, I'm, I consider myself a lifetime student. And so speaking more specifically to how I felt leaving the military, which is something that I've known my whole life. Uh, you know, you're leaving a family, you're leaving a, a regimented, and uh, you're leaving a culture, right? So, and you're leaving that. You're leaving a uniform and uh, the discipline, the the structure of the military, and your your comrades, your brothers and sisters to uh, to do something quite uh, quite different. And uh, and so you're you know you're accepting. Uh, a new culture, and uh, that's the civilian healthcare system. And whether that be here in BC or in Manitoba, it, it's all—it's similar. But uh, you know, Manitoba is a health system onto itself, and uh, it was welcoming in, in in great measure because Russ had already spent three years paving the way for you know for further colleagues to come. And I think that you know it was still an adjustment. But I was welcomed from day one, and the work was hard from day one. It was a big learning curve, and uh, and it, you know I was able to over uh, a period of years, you know, gain a new document in the in the, in the surgical realm, and and I've got some specialized skills. So yes, 
you know, you do specialize, you, you go away from, uh, you know, your basis of training, which is general, general medicine, uh, but you don't ever, you don't necessarily forget it, but you do focus on uh, specific skills. And you know, I, again, I think every day is uh, uh, a new day and, you know, there's always new things to learn mm. and no two patients, uh, though similar are quite the same. And it's, you know, it's rewarding that way. Could you talk a little bit about the specifics of the specialty and practice that you're in? Because you and Russ have a very unique relationship between yourselves and your supervising surgeon. Surgeon. Not just here in Canada, but also across North America. You guys are very in tune with each other, and your scope of practice is quite large from my understanding. Yeah, so I work uh, with a group of physicians. You know, we have a supervising physician, one supervising uh, physician, but there's a group of physicians, I think, uh, in my case, as well as Russ's and the other two physician assistants that are with us now. I think it's a group of, of about eight. And so I began in the main OR and also rounded for for some time when I first began there. And as I gained experience and comfort, my comfort level increased, uh, and we had new physicians uh, that uh, came to Winnipeg. I was able to to branch out, and I'm now working in a in a clinical area where we we deal a lot with uh, skin cancer, and and also in the same area, there's a decanting clinic where patients from all over the province and surrounding geographic area come in. They're seen through the eMERGE process, and once they're cleared from eMERGE, they'll come up for any number of, uh, they, they come up for further triage. It could be hand fractures, nerve injuries, tendon injuries, amputations, uh, any any of those things that uh, can be monitored, that can be triaged and treated, and or uh, further determinations made uh, for you know, further treatment down the road, like uh, surgery, being booked for surgery. And if we can fix it there, we will fix it right on the spot. And the way our, the way our practice is headed, we are hoping to, to be able to do uh, probably uh, the lion's share of all the pairs in, in the local setting rather than in the main OR. And it's made a tremendous impact on, uh, on, uh, you know, the utilization of the, the main operating room. We're able to now put people in the main operating room earlier and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and rather than having smaller cases that can be done under a local that have been demonstrated that can be done under a local setting, we, we do that. For as far as my, the difference between Russ and I, you know, the difference is, is that, uh, Russ is very, he works in a microsurgery kind of field. So he's, uh, He's, he loves the main OR, um, as as do I. But uh, I I prefer the the clinical setting or the you know the minor surgery setting. And Russ is also very in tune with uh, the surgeon that he works with. Uh, the surgeon is very renowned in North America, uh, and, uh, and 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 through that relationship that Russ has had, you know, he's been able to be a part of uh, the development of the plastics program. And so. From my humble perspective, you know, Russ has been not only instrumental in the growth of the PA profession in uh, Manitoba, but also in the growth of the reconstructive surgery profession, although as a PA, but uh, but he helps out uh, in many uh, respects. Uh, he's 
in the room when residents come in, when uh, visiting residents or fellows come in, uh, medical students, uh, PA students, we're all part, we all take part in the, uh, the teaching uh, process. We, you know, I'm not a member of the faculty, but, but uh, certainly the faculty uses us in, in when they bring patients or when they bring, excuse me, when they bring um, their students up to our areas. Oh, that's just, it's really nice to see that they're using the PAs as clinical teachers for non-PA students, which is something I think we struggle with a bit in Ontario, having PAs teach non-PA students. So I think that's really wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's been, uh, I I think, uh, excellent. I think we all can teach each other. And uh, I I think part of uh, the success of PAs in Manitoba is uh, that fact that we all kind of are part of a team and, you know, we all can teach each other. And it's not done on a basis of, it's not one-upmanship for lack of a better explanation. It's basically, it's a, Manitoba is a, it's a learning facility in the University of Manitoba. And, you know, if I can learn something from a resident, I certainly do. And, or from the attending, uh, we're not, uh, you know, we're not, we all need to be uh, focused on the patient, but we all need to be focused on bettering ourselves as well. So, you know, there's no status quo. It's it's about pushing ourselves so that we're better for the patient day in and day out. So. Point well taken. Were you also part of the founding members of the Kappa organization or the early members anyway? Of, of Kappa? Uh, I don't, uh, certainly when Kappa began, I was, uh, you know, my number is 168, my membership number. Uh, so certainly back in uh, 98, 99, I was uh, very attuned to what was going on, very excited like everybody else about the fact that uh, we were going to to be taking that step. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was certainly focused on that, but I was also focused as a still a medic. And a medic, I'm looking forward to taking my PA training. So, and it. Oh, you were a member of Kappa before you were a PA. Did I, was, I understand that right? No, I was a member of uh, Kappa when it, in its inception, but I was a student uh, at the time that this yes. was all okay. going on. So, I graduated in 2001. Okay. From the from the then PA program then, and and by that time, as you know, as you pass your exam and you know, you, and you start becoming a member yes. of Kappa. So. so you were a member since the very beginning? Almost yeah, very I, beginning. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, uh, you know, certainly I was, uh, I don't know if I was a founding member, but I, I don't think I... Early I, days. Yeah, Early I've days. Been, I've been around since, you know, pretty much the beginning. How have you seen uh, both the Kappa organization as well as the PA profession change over the years? You've been part of the profession and the organization since the early days. Well, I think I, I think it's obviously growing, and it's you know it's it's grown between you know the first days of Kappa and now it's 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 pretty much uh, leaps and bounds, you know. And, and I think I, I say that no, you know, uh, knowing that uh, a lot of people sometimes feel frustration and you know it feels like it's not going very quickly but I, I think uh, when you take a look at what we've accomplished you know we have PAs uh, close to 700 if not more in in, in Canada in totality and uh, we have uh, regulation in New Brunswick Manitoba coming up hopefully in Alberta very soon 
We have, uh, you know, the bulk of our PAs in Ontario. We have interest in, uh, you know, in other parts of uh, the country as well. It's it's amazing to see the uh, the change, you know, the evolution in our association. And I think we have a very dedicated staff working for us. Our uh, our executive director is, I just can't say enough about uh, where we are today compared to, you know, say five years ago. And we certainly have good strategic direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we need to focus on maintaining strategic direction. And and to do that, we need to have a board that is all engaged, all in, and, and working with uh, the staff and our uh, executive director. So off of that, I mean, I know we do have a limited time in the interview here, but could you give, for those who are unable to attend here, as well as those internationally, where that trajectory is going, particularly in, you know, these in individual provinces that have had a lot of chatter? Um, for example, New Brunswick had a regulation and funding, but then a stall of jobs and PAs increasing there. So where's the trajectory there? As well as See how a lot of Ontario has a lot of political things to break through. Could you give us a summation of the province? Okay, I'm going to try my best. I'm not the subject matter expert on any one of these uh, areas per se. We have the staff that uh, are working with you know, the directors of those provinces, and I think uh, Kevin Dixon uh, in New Brunswick is certainly a great person to talk to. Uh, my understanding with uh, respect to New Brunswick is that uh, uh, the, uh, the facility that Kevin works at and the other two PAs work at, regulation or legislation was designed specifically for that facility so that it would allow them to work there. And so therefore, funding was, uh, funding was uh, set aside for that. And it's been successful and they've demonstrated that. And uh, I think Kevin can definitely speak uh, a lot more to that. So... With respect to growing the PA profession in New Brunswick, we need to engage other stakeholders. We need to, you know, engage other communities within New Brunswick. And as you know, just like any other place in Canada, it's we're not a we're not a small country in Europe. You know, the expanse is pretty uh, is pretty large. So we need to engage, and that is going on. We also need to understand the political landscape of each area. In New Brunswick, they've just uh, had an election. So with respect to New Brunswick, I think that given the election results, it's still unsettled as to, you know, how uh, the future of PA expansion will play out in the in the short term. I think, as I recall, I think the there's a discrepancy as to who should be holding office at this point. And I think uh, there may be uh, um, a little bit of time that has to, to pass before we can we can start, uh, you know, one one side or the other. There are certainly players in New Brunswick that uh, Kevin is engaged with that uh, are very open to the PA concept, just as they are anywhere else in the in the in the country. You know, we're a collaborative player in in the healthcare system. We have. Uh, you know, the privilege to, to work as a physician assistant or as an NP or as a physician for, you know, any healthcare provider is uh, the delivery of patient care is 
as important in New Brunswick as it is anywhere else in the country. So I think I'm optimistic that uh, there will be more PAs in New Brunswick. And it has to come with stakeholders that uh, are interested with a champion that, um, you know, somebody that can champion uh, us in, in the other areas that don't have PAs working there. That would be great. I mean, because then the, my next question is going to lead to, do you see PAs really making a substantial influx into the provinces that don't currently have PAs you know, or, or only have a couple and regulation isn't quite there yet? So that would, you know, be BC, Saskatchewan, in Northern yeah. Territories. Like, where yeah. are we with yeah. these things? So I am going to say that the key to getting PAs to expand throughout the country is entirely up to us okay it's it's up to every member of uh, of our profession we're doing that by going out every day and uh, and doing a good job and uh, talking about our profession it's a, it's about generating discussion in our communities and i'm not saying that discussion has to be adversarial i'm saying that we need to proudly display what we do in our work and also talk about what we do after work as well always take that opportunity and it's the same thing I've been doing since I became a PA, and and there's many days where that feels like it's uh, you know mundane and that, but believe me, every contact, every patient contact we have eventually exponentially grows our profession. It familiarizes our patients. Those patients will talk to their families, and word of mouth will uh, eventually make a difference. It, I think it's as simple as that. We need to engage governments. We need to figure out a way to engage them in a non-adversarial way. And again, that way is by demonstrating what we do. I think we have a lot of uh, brilliant PAs that are up and coming. They're research-oriented. They're uh, evidence-based practicing PAs. Uh, we now know, uh, we have always known that uh, we need to harness our data. So. Yeah, we need to we need to always be able to develop network. Uh, you know, we need to network because this is something I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Articulating it is uh, often sometimes not uh, my my best. Uh, You're too hard on yourself, Trevor. All right. <laughs> so I, I think the best way to to grow our profession is that we need to. Each one of us, in our own way, has to take the passion that we have for our profession, and we have to, uh, you know, we have to articulate it, or we have to demonstrate it to uh, to those that we want to listen, to observe us. And it's, you know, I, I don't think I can say it any other way. I I would love to to be able to, to walk out here and, uh, and and meet the health minister right now if I could, and then say, hey, remember me. You know, we had that discussion last year, and uh, and since then, uh, you know, you know, we haven't uh, we haven't had uh, any really uh, strong uh, results. You know, is there something that we can do to uh, to make that a difference? And and we have to be willing to accept that. You know, it's not going to happen right away. And uh, but I, I think we just have to always be very persistent. Persistent. You know, but we have to be uh, tactfully persistent. And I can honestly tell you, uh, as you know, there are many days when I wake up and I I feel, uh, you know, that we need to 
we need to do something. Maybe I need to put a placard, you know, put a sign up and, and walk the, the parliament grounds. I, I certainly could do that. And I can certainly, you know, become a lot more, uh, a lot more aggressive. But I, I think we need to take that aggressiveness and, and channel it so that it benefits all PAs. Mm. I, I don't ever want to be known as the president or the, the PA that said something that is going to actually affect the, my, tremendously my colleagues. You know, I want, I want to make sure that, and, and I also want to make sure that, you know, we're a profession that is, you know, we're one part of that uh, healthcare problem in getting effective patient care to everybody, you know, but I'm very passionate about the fact that as physician extenders, we can exponentially increase the care provided to patients you know, I, I've always been passionate about this and long after I'm, you know, done with my clinical career and, you know, perhaps doing something else, I'll always be, you know, talking about the PA profession. I don't think that's going to stop. With respect to other areas, you know, in British Columbia, it's, you know, they've just announced extra funding for nurse practitioners you know, extra funding for nurse practitioners. They've uh, increased the allotment of uh, P, uh, nurse practitioners in the in the province. And you know, we've always uh, we've always heard that we have the support of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of British Columbia. We certainly have the the, the support of the uh, doctors of BC. We certainly have uh, support from we certainly have support from uh, doctors in the province. And uh, and yet we're we. The perception is is that we're no further ahead now than we were five or ten or fifteen years ago, and uh, you know I have to concede that uh, you know that's you know perhaps not just just perception. It's uh, you know it is uh, it, it is a fact. It's a it's a reality, and we have to figure out uh, what that why that is occurring. I I and how we do that. You know I don't want to expose the I don't want to expose you know, people or uh, groups or, uh, you know, that's not what I want to do. I want to, I want to find out how we get around this, how we, uh, you know, we deserve to be uh, at the same table. We deserve to be uh, practicing medicine, just like other healthcare providers. And we have to, you know, we have to, we have to somehow resonate at, with the right people in government so that uh, we can have, you know, be given the opportunity and the privilege to uh, to start uh, working uh, in this province. And I will continue to do that uh, while I'm president. I think that, you know, the genesis of the PA program in, in Canada was, you know, was military. It's no longer just the military. It's uh, look at the look at the the PA, student, the PA uh, graduates that were, you know, graduating every year. I think it's 80, 80. About 80, yeah, about 80. And uh, I think that, you know, they are carrying the torch for us as well as they, they deserve to be practicing all across Canada. They especially deserve to be practicing in the province that they're from. And uh, not just for military, but, uh, you know, for the civilian PAs as well. And for, for those that are in the military that are serving, you know, at some point their, their careers, they can, they can go 30, 35 years in their career, or at some point they have an option to retire from the military and, and, and seek employment uh, in the Canadian healthcare system. And I, 
and I feel that uh, I feel strong, very strongly that uh, they deserve to to be able to come home to to British Columbia or to you know Saskatchewan or to any other province that you know isn't populated with PAs. They they deserve to to work in their in their home province, and I think uh, if they're good enough to work in the war zones, looking after you know, the men and women, the brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers that they care after and the civilians that they care for, then they're certainly good enough to come and work uh, in the, the civilian sector and, uh, you know, work in the, you know, the public health care system. And, you know, they certainly, they certainly allow that uh, privilege to take place for physicians and nurses and other healthcare professionals. So I think that, I think my, my passion is to, uh, to, to deliver that message to governments and uh, and allow that to start happening, and I think by doing that, you know, we can there therefore take that impetus and and allow and may give the opportunity for civilians, you know, to do the same thing. You know, I know that uh, I know quite a few people that uh, have left uh, BC to go to Ontario or or do school in Manitoba to to acquire their physician assistant. Uh, uh, training and and the frustration is is that uh, you know although they love their career they would love to be doing it uh, you know amongst uh, their family in their communities. Of course, especially if they've left the military, they've been traveling for years. They they want to settle down there, right? So I was like I was saying, I I feel part of the next year for me will be to to become better at uh, articulating to uh, newspapers, to communities, you know, and I'm talking about uh, talking to uh, mayors, talking to MLAs, and uh, doing that on a personal level, you know, penning a letter, but uh, also not being afraid to, you know, to take a, a stop and, uh, you know, in a community and, and discuss it. You know, it sounds kind of uh, daunting, uh, but a lot of communities in Canada are still small communities. There's many small communities that uh, are underserviced by physicians uh, and and nurse practitioners, and we uh, can certainly, you know, capably provide that uh, service, you know, working for physicians. And and so that's my message for the next year is to help continue the the great work that the board the board is doing to uh, incorporate uh, the new ideas that uh, the incoming board members have and to continue uh, steering the you know the strategy that we've been using updating our strategy where where we need to and and adjusting to you know the environment we're in british columbia being a prime example it you know i don't think it's impossible i think we just need to uh, stick to a, a strategy and uh, execute it and and learn from from that so. well said rachel do you have anything else i don't think so that was really good I know, Trevor, you just continue to answer our questions without us asking them. So, Trevor, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We very much appreciate it. Uh, is there any way that people can contact you, reach out to you, should they have questions or need assistance in your PA endeavors? Well, they can always get a hold of me through uh, the CAPA uh, website. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm, I'm just not one of those folks that uh, is social media active and uh, but uh, I'm I'm accessible through Capo. I have a 
I have an email address through yeah. the Capital website. If somebody has a comment or uh, is saying something on Twitter or on Facebook or, or any of those uh, medias, uh, mediums, and you know, it gets back to me. We have a uh, very capable Andang and uh, and many other uh, folks that have a way of. Uh, you know, getting the message back to me. And uh, and certainly, you know, the Facebook portion of Kappa's Facebook uh, page is probably, uh, you know, the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's important to point out that uh, myself, as well as all the other board members, we're also working PAs. We're also very busy uh, in what we do, but uh, but we do take pride in trying to, to answer questions as, uh, as quickly as we can. Thank you so much for your time and effort today. It's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Meet the PA's podcast is sponsored by pahelpers.ca, where you can find all your Canadian exam prep needs. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit us at mtppodcast.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and we would love your feedback.